Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. What up? And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things. So, Craig, what's good? Um, I think my good thing... I don't know if I should do it yet. Your good thing is pooping. I get it. <laughs> Craig hoarded all of the toilet paper, and now <laughs> his good thing is crap. Probably should have nice. saved it for uh, for Words of Radiance. You guys know the scene I'm thinking of, but, you know, oh, yeah. go for it. Favorite. Uh, no, so I think, I guess my good... Guys, can we come back to me, please? I'm not ready. <laughs> How are you no. not ready? Is it because it takes you like two extra days to come up with a good thing and we're recording on a Friday? Or Is, is anyone else having to dig down really deep to find a good thing this no, week? No, I got one. Also, usually my good thing is based on which uh, video game I might be currently playing or if playing I Animal Crossing. To watch. It, right. I'm playing Animal Crossing, but I've only gotten an hour in. So I don't know if it's enough of a good thing. So tentatively... My good thing is Animal Crossing's New Horizon. Well, your good, good thing would be that you're excited to try it. The time I am pretty excited. To there try you go. It. Um, my my wife is currently in the other room now, trying to see if she can join my island because hopefully we can share an island. That that would be the most exciting. Well, That's at the king's island. dinner, they have separate islands for the different genders, and so you'd have to meet up in one of the center islands. That's true. Dave's got a very excellent point here. Uh, but the downside is I put one of the residents near the beach and she liked the spot, but she didn't tell me at the time. Oh my gosh, you can't, your wife can't move into your, so you gotta. She's gonna, she likes to be near the beach. I pick near the river, sort of close to a waterfall. So it's pretty good. So you gave away your wife's spot to an NPC. But she, well, I asked her if this is okay and she said, sure. I'm not okay. doesn't sound very sure. I know. Well, I found that out. <laughs> You guys know how it is. Anyway, that that will be my good thing. <laughs> nope. Uh, well, we'll check in next week to see if it continues to be my good thing. I have not played an Animal Crossing since the first one, so Same. unless things have good. changed pretty drastically, um, fishing is pretty crucial to the whole paying off Tom Nook thing. No, uh, it's it's much more flexible now in how you can earn money. Uh, but in this game, you don't have to pay off your debt. Instead. You earn Nook Miles, which is basically achievement points that you get from doing everything. Talking to the other uh, island dwellers or posting a picture. Like, there's a bajillion things you can do. So and they like, all help pay off your debt. If I were, like, if in real life, if I had to pay my rent and I played video games, then my playing video games would be my rent payment? Yes. What? Well, so I, mean, I, I, I do play this game. Say, I do have to say, Dave is the one who got me to play Animal Crossing's original. Oh, yeah. I think he so lent it to me. You don't know what me. it's called, though. He lent it to me, the original uh, GameCube one. I played the heck out of it, and then, like, I got to buy it myself, so I bought it. And it comes with a memory card, but I distinctly remember because I played it on my own with my own memory card. I had this extra memory card that I could use for other things because I already had my save file. Um, yeah, my uh, my brother and his wife actually had two separate memory cards, and they were offset by like six months and twelve hours. So oh, they so would they could always the... be in both seasons and always be in both times of day. Like That's it would a always good idea. the sun never sets on the uh, Animal Crossing Empire. You could say that's true. I did set my clock back eight hours just so because you know I'm gonna play in the evening. I want it to be daytime while I play, but. In this game, you actually get to pick where your island is, and you can pick the southern hemisphere, so you can essentially get the six months off. Like, it could be fall in the game. I decided I want to do spring-summer stuff, so I, I kept it northern. But yeah, you, you get a lot more flexibility. It gives you a list of islands you can pick that have different layouts, so you don't have to, you're not just stuck randomly with whatever they give you. You get to look at them and be like, okay, that one looks good. And plus, you get to pick where your start is. It's not just a set location. You can like like you gathered, you can put your tent down anywhere. And I thought I saw something that said that like you could adjust the terrain in this one somehow. Yeah, apparently I haven't, you know, I just started. But from what I gather, there's a lot more like terraforming I could do. 
But we'll see. All right. And I do want to point out that in the first game, and probably the others, you don't ever actually have to pay off Tom Nook. That's that's completely optional. You should, because it gives you you a better house. But you don't have to. You can just keep your money. It's fine. But if you're the first person in your village to do it, you get a big trophy. (laughs) Because there's a competition for that. Well, I guess there was in the original GameCube one. Tom Nook is like the opposite of a predatory lender. Tom Nook's a pretty good guy. Well, he's sure. a raccoon. They're, um, they're scavengers, so, you know, not really predators. Sure. Or is he a tanuki? Uh, hey, Dave. Yeah. What's your good thing? Oh, uh, crap. Oh, um. Are you making fun of me? Get out of here. <laughs> my good thing. <laughs> my good thing this week is a YouTube channel, and it is called The Gaming Historian. And yes. it's been around for a really long time, and I really like it because it's just the guy talking, right? It's not gimmicky. It's not trying to be overly funny or overly poignant. It's just, hey, here's a guy. He's really chill. The episodes are really cozy. Just, It's just like you feel good just listening to the guy talk about stuff relating from video games, whether it be, uh, you know, the story of Nintendo or ESRB rating or these crazy peripherals that you've probably never heard of and you get to hear like oh the full history of sega's little bop it toy or whatever like i don't, I don't even remember what it was called uh yeah, but yeah good stuff i've, I've watched a bunch really of cool really chill yeah. just straight shooting i don't like i don't like shows that are overly gimmicky or trying too hard to be funny or make like a point ABGN. like I do like ABGN. I actually do like ABGN. And whether love like ABGN or not, you have to respect his place in history. I joke. He's like the only but, one I tolerate who does. But he, yeah, because it's weird. ABGN's so weird because it's not really my style of humor. But I always find like something that I can chuckle at in his videos. And I don't know. I think it's just that he's so good at what he does and the the writing and the cinematography that you kind of overlook the vulgarity of it. But I actually do like ABGN a lot. Um, but yeah, the gaming historian, uh, check him out on YouTube. Um, I think his his later videos are better. But after you kind of get the hang of you know his videos and how they are today, it's worth going back and checking out the older ones and just like marveling at how much the quality of his show has improved over the years. And like he's been doing it since he was probably like eighteen or nineteen. If you watch the older videos, he's like super young in the. And then there's also like the mullet era. Um, I'm not personally a fan of that, but yeah. And he's, he's really, like, he seems really nice. And like, I'm pretty sure his wife is in some episodes, but like, you just see her hands. <laughs> I don't, kind of funny. I don't know. Check it out. It's good stuff. All right. Good, wholesome, clean fun. Uh, so my good thing this week is another YouTube cooking show. Uh, this one's called Sorted. Uh, this is S-O-R-T-E-D, Sorted. Um, they are five gentlemen from london two of whom are cooks and two or two of whom are chefs i should say because those words are slightly different and then the other three are not and they do like gadget reviews they do chef versus chef battles they do chef versus normal battles uh they just they do all sorts of things all revolving around food it's it's a fairly interesting channel i really enjoy what they do and i I also just generally enjoy food YouTube. It's it's a good neighborhood to be in, I guess. Uh, so, Tori, what's what's yours? Uh, drawing a total <laughs> blank right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had the uh, entire time that Craig was floundering around trying to figure out a good thing to figure out your own good I thing. I know. I know. And there are possibilities. It's just been a hard week, you guys. I'm and sorry. then and then you had more time when Dave was making fun of Craig for not coming up with a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought of a couple of them, but none of them seemed good enough. Alright, so for Tori's mediocre thing this week, what do you got? Um, so I'm I'm still playing Final Fantasy Record Keeper and yeah. it's uh they're they're uh getting into the fifth anniversary celebration so that's going to be next week so this week they've been giving away all sorts of free stuff to the players and i got some cool things and i'm i'm excited about the uh anniversary next week because i anticipate getting more cool things and uh since we're we're all quarantined and social distancing right now i've been spending more time than usual on my 
stupid little mobile game. So uh, that's that's my good thing. Hey. All right. Final Fantasy Record Keeper for at least the second time. Although I think you and Craig both brought it separately. So third time, maybe? Probably. I, and I think Seth got on there, too, because this was a while ago. Maybe. Mike's good thing is we actually get to increase the buffer again. Yeah. And we might be able to record even more because, again, I've, I've still got like a week and a half before work happens again. So so I was rereading. I, I, I think I mentioned it on the show. Uh, I restarted Way of Kings a couple weeks ago because uh, I'm doing my reread. I'm not going to read at the pace of our show. Uh, I would like to, you know, get to Oathbringer and, and that way. Because I have to absorb it. There's a lot of things. Allowed, you're not allowed to read Way of Kings. You have to get Tori to read it to you. That's true. Um. Anyway, uh, continuing. So I started read. I I caught up to where we were last week with the plan of reading these chapters by Sunday. <laughs> and then suddenly Mike's like, hey, we should record early. And I'm like, crap. I just got done uh, chapter 18. So I'm not ready for today uh, in terms of reading it, but that's why you, you guys know. Craig didn't read the chapters. Whatever <laughs> shall we do? Hey, I was doing pretty good with uh, Warbreaker. Oh, I had to read faster. Craig, I had to read like in half the you time I normally get. You should to read. This is your first yeah, time. This, this should be all positive for you, man. <laughs> this is so you don't have to read at a sloth pace. Like there, It can the, be hard. Is- I know it can be hard to be... The issue is that reading is work for me because I have to take notes and write bullet points and stuff. Uh, plus, I'm trying to actually like get some housework done this week too. But whatever, I have no excuse. You have many excuses, saying, and you're. I'm 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 behind <laughs> you making fewer. excuses. I'm in I'm in favor of excuses. Craig has fewer excuses than I do because I'm not used to reading at this pace, right? That was my Yeah, point. I only read at night, though. I don't go out of my way. I'm playing Animal Crossing. That's my excuse. All right, so Dave, tell us about chapters 19... So, no, 19 through 22? Yeah, or 19 was it 18 through 22? Through 22? 19 through 22. 19 through 22. Let me double check that because I do want to be... Okay. Uh, I just checked it, Mike. I just checked it. Well, you also said you just finished chapter 18. Yeah. Which, which I thought meant that you got the first chapter of this week's chapters done. Oh, no. That was the uh, that was last week. So, all right, nineteen through twenty-two. Warbreak, Way of Kings, chapters nineteen <laughs> through twenty-two. Wait, was that intentional? Uh, it was. It wasn't intentional when I started saying it. My brain caught it like right when I said "what," but it let it go. Future <laughs> Mike is going to hate editing this episode so much. Uh, more than usual. So, Mistborn: The Final Empire, chapter <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> Raiden burns pewter and gives his wow, breath to Raiden. <laughs> uh, speaking of, that's this, this, this week. That was chapter 21. Uh, anyway, chapter 19 through 22 of Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, winner of some British literary award. All right. Chapter 19, Starfalls, Shard. Dalinar steps into the Quantum Leap Accelerator. I'm casting Slay the Spire's Transient as the thing in Dalinar's vision. The thrill! Heb fights like a radiant. Taffa and Seely. Desolations happened during the Shadow Days before mankind defeated the Voidbringers. Two Shardbearers to the rescue! A woman Shardbearer is fine by me so long as she wears a gauntlet on her left hand. Don't you hate it when you're doing an escort quest and the NPC runs headlong into danger? Plus two keen Vorpal hearth tending implement. Erythru is where oh Erythru is where the shard bearers learn respect. Alright. Real quick too much of a stretch, I think. Urithiru. Yeah. It's it's gonna come up again. Urithiru. Urithiru. Sure. <laughs> Craig, uh, let's let's get your let's get your version just no. on the oh, on no, the on the recording. Craig. We're saving Craig. Craig didn't read this week. He might not. He might know what's coming or not. I can still see what the. Oh no, we're saving one for Craig today. Uh, I think I was trying to make some Aretha Franklin joke because it sounds kind of like Aretha. Aretha, her name. Not. Yeah, let's let's stick to Aretha and not the uh, not the anatomical region. Uh, fun fact: they they made that joke on Ren and Stimpy. Who says cartoons aren't for adults? 
All right. Too many palindrome. Erythro is actually, if you consider the TH as a single letter. And Regrowth. Yeah, uh, and they do. Ah. Regrowth has a long cooldown. Midnight Essence sounds like a brand of cologne. Trust Sadius. Is it Sadius or Sadius? Sadius. Sadius? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> did you just say no? To oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought Craig said that. I would say right. Sadius, so I, I would like be wrong. Sadius? Sadius. Sadius. It's like Thaddeus, but with a S. All right, final point. Act with honor, and honor will aid you. Okay, so this entire chapter is Dalinar's storm vision. He steps into the Quantum Leap Accelerator, and he has to save a little girl from these, like, giant, dark shadow monster thingies that I was imagining as... If you've ever played Slay the Spire, there's an Act 3 enemy called the Transient. It's a dude with 999 HP, and, like, when you hit him, it, it like, reduces the amount of damage you do. It re- yeah, reduces the amount of damage he does, like, as you hit him. He's, like, a big black shadow monster, and then he just poofs away. So I, I picture these as kind of, like, six-legged panthers basically oh. also they like when he defeats them they just become like they just kind of deflate yeah mm-hmm. smoke panthers smoke panthers you know like like panthers do panthers hey, there's a, a D creature it like you're, you're thinking of a displacer beast which looks like a panther with tentacles yes well they don't deflate so it's completely different craig god he's come thinking on of de- he's thinking of deflator it's completely different which is German for mouse. I mean, bat. <laughs> anyway, the thrill. So there's this thrill or something that Dalinar gets while fighting. And it reminded me of when Kaladin got the thrill. So I wrote it down. Uh, we've uh, actually had... seen the thrill mentioned before when um, Dalinar and Elikar were climbing the, the rock thing in the race. Yep. Uh, I just read that. <laughs> Okay, and Heb Heb is the guy that uh, Sam leaped into in this episode. Which actually, it's kind of weird. They a little inconsistent with. Uh, I with love the that we're calling this quantum leap. It's so but good. They're be- it's they're inconsistent with the lore of the show, and a girl recognizes him as her father, whereas kids usually see Sam as Sam, not as you know whoever he leaps into. So I don't know if maybe it's because she's viewing like. She's viewed tragedy, so that kind of like matures oh, her mind in such a sense that he appears as the hologram. But I have a theory. Okay. Because of this different technology. I have a hole in Dave's theory, uh, mm-hmm. which is that at no point in any of this were any mirrors mentioned, so we can't have uh, we can't have Sam yeah, look at himself in the mirror and and get that shot that's in literally every single episode. Usually, it's the opening shot of the episode. And, and then, then he, he says, oh boy. boy. Yep. <laughs> just an, Dalinar shows up. <laughs> There's like midnight transients around. He's like, <laughs> and then Sam's like, oh boy. <laughs> Dalinar Sam. Uh, Wait, does that mean you're going to cast um, Scott already did. Actually, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's, get, let's uh, cast Scott Bakula as uh, Dalinar. I that's like not it. my actual casting, but for this episode, yes, that's my actual casting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the, his person that he leaped into, because I don't know how else to say it other than infringing on the rights of Mr. Leap, uh, is named Heb, and he has a wife named Taffa and a daughter named Seely. And that Seely was the little girl in the warehouse. And he goes and saves her, and he's like, oh, we need to drop our scent, let's go to a river, and then there's even more transients, and uh, something about desolation. Is it after this shard? I don't know. Anyway, these two shard bearers show up, and they're like, they're like, oh, you fight well with that fireplace poker, why don't you get a real sword, join us in Arethata, and... <laughs> Oh yeah, so they're basically like this isn't. Imagine that the shard bearers are like the player characters in this scene, right? And they have to go and they have to rescue Heb. He's the NPC that they have to escort out of danger, and he just runs up and starts attacking stuff, even though he's only got like ten hit points and no armor. But it's a good thing the female shard bearer is a paladin and can cure him. Uh, Although she lay on hands. Well, it's weird. She casts regrowth, which is a druid spell. So 
I don't know, I guess they can multi-class in this universe. I don't know. Uh, and Regrowth doesn't even have a cooldown, but I guess she's kind of low on mana. She needs to save it to help the other people. Because he, like, because this is Dalinar, he doesn't have the memories of Heb, and he's like, where am I? Where's the river, hon? And she's like, did you hit your head? And then he's like, I feel weird. You lead the way. And so they're kind of... He clearly doesn't have an out. The people of the past are seeing that as kind of like some injury or that he suffered that's making him all wobbly and timey-wimey. But he's, you know, they're like, oh, we have to save our regrowth spell for the other townsfolk that need it. Sorry, kid. And uh, Midnight Essence, that's the name of the action actual name of the creatures they were not the desolators uh they were midnight essence that apparently somebody intentionally ticked on the town i don't know kind of weird anyways so at the end of the scene his uh his quote wife tafa starts speaking in like vision ruler uh that's like a, a familiar voice from the male, male's voice that's familiar to downer from the previous visions, but also the first time he heard it, it was familiar to him for some reason. And he's like, oh, oh, those were the good old days. And then Downer is like, wait, what do I do? What's the point of these visions? And Vision Dude's like, can't tell you. And then Downer is like, oh, but can I trust Sadius? And Vision Dude's like, yeah, no more... No more distrusting people. Act with honor, and honor will aid you. And that's the end of this chapter, 19. All right. Uh, you have had a couple of chapters worth of sort of lead-up to, to Dalinar's visions. Uh, what were you expecting versus what did you get? I guess I was expecting more of a premonition of the future rather than a reliving of the past. But this is also interesting because... Dalinar did things that Heb did not have the expertise to do, like fight with coordinated stances with a poker, right? And so, the leg of a chair. Uh, tape leg. Yeah, he dual wielded for a little bit there. Oh, that's true. But only in the was that the that was only in the smoke stance, right? Uh, that's the only stance he used. Right. He talks about the wind stance, but doesn't use it. Uh, would you like to guess how many stances there are? Uh, yeah, sixteen. Incorrect. And not because of Mistborn. <laughs> oh, is it ten? Because there are ten kingdoms? It ten is ten, bearers? because there's ten of everything in these books. Ah, I was thinking I'm in sixteen. Doubt, just pick ten. I was thinking sixteen because... Wait, it's sixteen, it's four, it's four plus... Oh. So, I was thinking sixteen because if you took, like, the four classical elements, Earth, Wind... Fire. I like air, actually. Earth, air. You know, you know. If you took them and you did every combination of them, you would get sixteen. But then I guess if it's not permutated, like the order doesn't matter. What's that? Wouldn't it be four times three times two? No, four no, times it'd be four plus. Wait, but no, one anyway, plus one plus two plus if, one plus if one. If it mattered what order, like if it if like fire water was distinct from water fire, right? Then it would be yeah. Six. Earth, That's fire, wind, water, heart. And you you just left heart completely out. Mike, please. Mati matters. <laughs> there are not five uh, elements. So that's back on uh, Malthus. Malthus. Warbreaker that's, world. That's um that's Chinese elements. There's five of them. There's well, like wood. We don't have wood. Metal. Yeah, wood or metal. And they don't have fire. I think. I but don't remember. It's this, the dragon prince. There's six elements because heart is always an oh, element. They're, I'm sorry. They're they're primal source. The fifth wait, element wait, wait. was love. It was love the whole time. That's that's the yeah. real treasure. It was the friends we made along the way. So each single element would be would be four, and then if you combine two, it would be four choose three, which is four times three divided by two, which is six plus four is ten. Oh. So if I actually if you had given me five minutes to actually think about this question, I probably would have come up with ten, but for the wrong reason. Okay. Uh, like if you choose one element, that's four possibilities, right? If you choose two elements, it's four times three divided by the duplicates, two. So it's four times three divided by two, which is six. And add that to the four. Four plus six equals ten. 
So I still get 10, but for the wrong reason. And so yeah, if you check the, my work, mark it wrong. The right reason is that numbers on, or everything in Roshar comes in 10. Is it the 10th planet? Probably not. It is not. So does each planet have its um, actual question about Cosmere lore? Feel free to answer it if you can. Does each planet have its own special number? Mike, am I allowed to answer? Mm, sort of. Uh, some do, some don't. Some we're unclear on. So, yes. Well, it's not the planet. I can think of one specifically sure, okay. that, that we definitely don't have a special number on. Although, now that you... Two. Yeah, now okay, that I, now that I say, put more thought to it. They actually say that 16 is the number of preservation, right? They don't say that this is the number of schedule or this is the number right. of whatever they say. Oh, 16, 16 is the number is of preservation. preservation, which is a shark. Yeah. That makes sense. So, well, I wonder what Ruin's number is. Uh, that There's some speculation here because we don't actually know. Uh, he could be either the number one because he doesn't really seem to have a number. No, that's, that's Will Riker. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, but who does number two work for? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it, it, it's Irish probably guy. the number one. That is okay. the, wow, that was terrible. I think the leading theory is that he's number Irish? one. Like the is he Scottish? Was number two Scottish or Irish? I don't actually remember. Probably Scottish. But, but I will say, Mike Myers movie in Dalman, Number two was the shard. unsolved mysteries, dude. The number two is Data, actually. The shard on. I'm sorry. Go on, <laughs> Malthus, which is uh, Warbreaker World. Her number is five because there's the so five Edgley, scholars. And what is Edgley the name of the shard? That's, that's or the, the name error? of the that's person. That's her name. Okay, that's right. So because like eighty, yeah. Okay, and, and yeah, five scholars, um, five visions. Being a uh, returned brings you up to the fifth heightening. Like there's there's a bunch of fives if you look for them on on Roshar. It's tens. Like everything comes in tens. Wouldn't it suck to have a big prime number like 17 or something? Like 23? Ugh. There's only 16 shards. Spoiler. That's not a spoiler. Yeah, that's information you should have by now. Whether, whether you, you actually do have it or not, I don't know. But Wait, Who said that? Uh, pretty sure you got it at Maybe, the end of this might, one. It might be in this book, but it's not a... I should probably go back and reread the... If nothing else, um, now they have a Cosmere 101, book. episode 0 of the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Which I've listened to. I'll go back. I should actually go back and listen to that and read the end of uh, Miss of Mistborn Three. Yeah, now that you've actually finished like, more context. Now yeah. that you've finished the Mistborn trilogy, the first Mistborn trilogy, you'll have a lot more context to to make all of that stuff make sense. So yeah, that's not a bad idea. If only I could find the time. Are we Hi. done with chapter nineteen? You should have some time in your spice cabinet. Oh no! <laughs> Got him. I only have. Thymy. It's behind anyway, the cardamom. Yeah, after 20 times. That's how, That's the Craig way to say it. Thymy. I know All how right. to say time. <laughs> time? Yes. Please continue to chapter 20. Alright. Chapter 20. Blink and you'll miss Scarlet. This is a very short chapter. You have to learn when to care and when to let go. And that's the end of chapter 20. I mean, basically. It's like three pages long. Yeah, so this is another flashback of young Kaladin at age... I think 13, or if it says seven years ago, I think it's 13 or 14. It actually specifically says his age, but whatever. Back in the back in his surgeon training days, some uh, I little girl. Been 12. If 12? Unless okay. he's 13. had a birthday, because he's definitely 19 at the start of the book. I'm I'm pretty, pretty sure. Like, present day start of the book, I'm pretty sure he's... Seven 19. years doesn't mean to the exact nanosecond either, so that's fine. Right, this is what I'm saying. He's like 12, 13. Uh, weepings, by the way, they're not years, they're weepings. Although, well, at the good. beginning of the book, he wasn't born for like 4,500 years, if we're, if we're being specific. <laughs> Are you talking about the prelude or the prologue? The prelude. The oh, prologue is set... 100 years? No. Or is the prologue when King Six King years? Died? Yeah, six years before. So the prologue is in the future with respect to chapter 20, uh, which shows Kaladin in surgeon training. And a little girl that they say she's five years old, I think, falls from a great height and is bleeding to death, like giant artery severed and stuff. And uh, Kaladin tries his best to save her. He manages to put a tourniquet on her, cauterize the wound in her leg. And then he's like, all right, good. I stopped the bleeding. But it turned out that she just like ran out of blood. Uh, so he lost a patient. His 
one of his first ones, if not his very first one, was pretty severe injury. There wasn't really anything he could do. And Definitely his, father, his first solo patient. Yeah, first solo patient. So his father, you know, gets wind of this and he tells, uh, he reassures Cal that Cal did a good job. He did everything that he possibly could have to save this little girl's life. And he's, Kaladin's really broken up over it. Obviously, partly because he's young, partly because this is his first time losing a patient, I think, or at least his first solo patient, partly just because of the tragedy of death, right? And, but his father tells him, like, well, you have to move on. You have to know when to care and when to let go. And we know that present day Kaladin has not yet done so and uh, patently disagrees with this statement, I would assume. At this point, anyway. But he's still pretty young at 19. But he also has seen a lot more terrible things than probably his father expected him to. And that's the end of chapter 20. A little quick one. I don't have anything for chapter 20. It's three pages long. Chapter 21? Yep. Chapter 21. Why men lie. So, that's the Elantris one, right? Yes. Okay. That was... They mentioned the planet Cell in the uh, epigraph, and I was like, oh, that's... Uh, in fact, this is the first time we get the name of the planet from Elantris in a book. We've had it from Word of Brandon for a while, but this is the first time it actually shows up in a book. Did you remember that was the name? I did. He asked if All it right. was the Elantris one. Okay, chapter 21. Why men lie? Kaladin lies because he is tired, but it's time to wake up. Who is have? Have. Who said chirurgery is a thankless job? I'm casting the demon cockroaches as rot spread. Order of the stick, if uh, anybody doesn't get the <laughs> reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did need that pointed out to me, but yeah, that's not bad. So yeah, the rot spread, Kaladin describes him as little red bug-like creature, like little red insect-looking things. So I'm demon cockroaches from Order of the Stick. And they can make snarky comments as a bunch of tragedy and action is occurring around them. And this is the first time i think that kaladin mentions spren to somebody besides someone he's related to so like i always had kind of this question in the back of my mind like can can everybody see spren and kaladin at least assumes that that's the case and he describes the rot spren to them and we also know that sulfrena can only be seen by those she reveals herself to which is usually just kaladin or can she uh let's move on uh, but, uh, the plank thing was only yesterday? Sulfrena reminds me of that girl from Ender's Game. And not Ender's Game proper, but the other books. Uh, what's her name? Lily or something? Like a, who's that girl from Ender's Game? The computer girl. And not from Speaker for the Dead and the rest. Anybody know? I, I couldn't no remember idea. her name. And I didn't want to look it up because I wanted to give somebody else the opportunity to be like, bam, I want to give them their moment to shine. Remember the name of that little computer girl from Ender's Game? She's not in Ender's Game. She's in Speaker for the Dead and the following books. Uh, anyway, she's just kind of like this little omniscient female voice that exists and talks only to Ender. So, like, wow, you guys, uh, you guys don't read Orson Scott Card? I have, but it's been a while and I don't remember it. Okay. Especially anyway. the, the sequels. I preferred Ender's Game specifically to, uh, Speaker for the Dead or Xenocide, and I never read the fourth or third. I tried to read Children of the Mind. I it took me That's a couple of it took me a couple like a couple of different tries to read Speaker for the Dead. I eventually did finish it, and I actually liked Xenocide better than Speaker for the Dead. But Andrew's Game is still my favorite. What Where's did I just Jane? call the the third book? Did I call it Xenomorphs? Xenomorphs. Xenom yeah. Xen yeah. Okay. The thing that Dave said was right. The thing that I said was brain put it. Xenocide is the name of book four. And I also read um, Ender's Shadow, but I never got any further in that series. Um, I read all four of those. Those were good. All right. So Frenna reminds me of that girl from Ender's Game. Jane, you said? That could be right. I knew it was like a like a short like four-letter name, I think. Julie with a Y. That's July. All right, moving on. Deciding who is mad is basically a social deduction game. Dalinar never lies. Azula always lies. Kaladin is racist, but probably not as racist as Kelsier. And Mafaliki 
Four is a lucky number. Kaladin, Rock, and Teth. Hooray! Time to harvest drugs. And that is the end of that chapter. And we do actually get to hear Rock's real name. Would you like to take uh, a swing at pronouncing that? I will yeah, I after. Wants me I want do. Craig to pronounce Rock's real name. Yeah, you didn't have I'll to type him, it. I'll actually have it. I'll tell him how to say it after he takes a crack at it. You think you know how to say it? Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Numuhuku Makai Aki Ayalunamor. Pretty good. Numuhuku Maki Aki Ayalunamor. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That is pretty good, yeah. So, Tori, how does the audiobook say it? <laughs> uh, pretty much just like you did. Numuhuku Maki Aki Ayalunamor. That is really good. That is really good. Can I take a try? Sure. Rock. (laughs) Perfect. Steve Austin. Not Steve Austin. That's all. Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) Steve the Rock Austin. That would have been been an interesting direction for his character to go. That's what we've been saying this whole time. Okay, the reason I never cast Dwayne Johnson as anyone else in this previously, like as Ham or whoever, was because I was saving him for Rock. I will point out that but Rock he doesn't is have actually like an Irish Dwayne the Rock Johnson. But, you well, know. No. We'll well, yeah, no, he has that. dark. He has red hair, but dark skin, I believe. Yeah, he has red hair, but he has other. Um, well, what's less racist? Dying Dwayne Johnson's hair or finding an Irish guy and. Probably put a wig on Dwayne Johnson would be the way to go. Yeah, but just slap a wig on him. Okay, guys. Yeah, he doesn't have hair. The, the final result for Dwayne Johnson with red hair is you get someone that looks like Waka from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> oh, no. Exactly. I was actually going with Akuma from Street Fighter II. And then, and then I was thinking maybe Ganondorf. Dude. And like, okay, Ganondorf, but as soon as he starts Rock talking, Waka. it's Waka. It is Waka. I can't think of that guy. I can only think of Amaranth from Final Fantasy IX. I will post something for you. Just keep going with your chapter. He doesn't have red hair. Waka I've seen does. that guy before, but I've never played FF10. Chapter 21, Kaladin is waking up in his bunk, and people are around like, oh, is he going to wake up? He's pretty tired, I bet. And he does get up, and then Kaladin is thinking, oh, it's Storm you, Hav, you're pulled me out of my bunk even when you're not here. So I imagine Hav is like his drill sergeant or something. He's like the guy that trained him or something like that. Uh, as far as we know, yes. Okay. Eh. And one of the dudes him and smiles and that feels good, but it's not why, it's not the main reason why Kaladin became a surgeon, but it's one of the reasons that keeps him being a surgeon. And we got, he's like, watch out for Rock Sprint. I mean, Rock Sprint. And... Then he goes back and he gets his plank that he was carrying around yesterday. And at this point, I realized that all that stuff that happened was like the same day. Like he went and worked out all morning. And then that very same day had had the uh, bridge job and saved the dudes, brought him back. Okay, so Sulfrena is talking to him now. And she says, how do you know if someone's mad? And Kaladin's like, oh... It's like when what she's like, what does mad mean? And he's like, well, that means when a man doesn't like think rightly. And so friend is like, y'all are idiots. Are you all mad? And then Kaladin says, uh, well, it's like when they think differently from someone else. That's we're like worse than someone else. So basically determining who's crazy is just a social deduction game. Nobody really knows who's mad. Everyone just sits around and you accuse everybody and whoever gets the most votes is mad. Yeah, pretty much. Alrighty, and so Sulfrena asked this question, why do men lie? And he's like, well, I understand lying, but I don't understand why anybody would lie. And he's uh, he's like, well, everybody lies. And Sulfrena says, well, so if somebody didn't lie, then the honest person would be mad, right? Because that's, that's acting differently from everybody else. And then Kaladin's like, yeah, but everybody lies. And Sulfrena says, oh, not Dalinar, not High Prince Dalinar, the Black Rock. He's Black Hand. What's his name? Blackthorn. 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 Uh, yeah. Isn't that the guy that like 
holds his shotgun, like he dual wields shotguns, like the Super Nintendo game. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with that one. It's, I think it's actually a Blizzard game or Silicon Synapse game, whatever. Lost Vikings. Blizzard. Yeah, that company, but a different game on the Super Nintendo. It's called Blackthorn. Look it up. The guy that dual wields shotguns. Not unlike Contra, but it's like a stealth game too. I don't know. I've I've seen reviews of it. I've never actually played it. But it's it's like cool. a node-based exploration combat thing game. It's a 4X game. If I'm if I'm thinking about what Dave is thinking about, or I may just be thinking of a similar game. I don't know. All right. So so friend is like, well, Dalinar, he doesn't lie, and which is actually it's kind of funny because in the meta sense, she's kind of accusing honest people of being crazy, and people are accusing. Dalinar being crazy, so pretty, pretty like tongue in cheek thing. And the Kaladin's like, nope, he's a light eyes, he's a jerk. So we we have all of the light eyes to have all of the power, so that they can be corrupted and not us. So yeah, a little racist. And I'm like, what about your little light eyes girlfriend, huh, Laren? It's gonna throw her under the bus with all the other light eyes. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, you don't have the full story yet, but. Kaladin has extremely good reasons to believe this about literally every Light Eyes. Sure. All right. Uh, so we, I wrote this word down, Mafaliki. So Rock can actually see Sulfrena and refers to her as Makaliki and uses these uh, Gerudo words that I don't understand what they mean. And <laughs> <laughs> They're dark skin and red hair. They're Gerudos, okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So wait, um, that means Rock sort of looks like Ganon. Yeah, new casting. Rock is Ganondorf, and Ganondorf I is like usually that. he's usually like typecast as an evil guy, but he's a good actor. He can he's got some range. I think he can pull this off. <laughs> new new casting. <laughs> the Rock is Ganondorf. Is yes. Rock? Yes. Yes. That, yes. That right there. You got it. No more. All right. So that's that. Uh, four is a lucky number, unlike ten, as you guys would have me believe. Oh, that's referring to Bridge 4, actually. Oh, we're not saying 10 is lucky. We're just saying it shows up literally everywhere on Roshar. It's, it's significant, 10. 4 is lucky because Bridge 4 suffered the fewest casualties on yesterday's run, despite the fact that the, not the Alethi, the, the not Alethis, help me out, the Arshendi. Yeah, thank you. I was just getting it, but I did ask for help, so I appreciate it. Though, even though the Parshendi were particularly focused on Bridge 4, they still suffered the fewest casualties, and Rock is either superstitious or understands things a little better. And I say superstitious in that, like, he believes that Kaladin is actually blessed in some way. And Kaladin's like, ah, oh, it was just dumb luck. And then Rock is like, Dorokin. And then we did, did his name, Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. And they get this other guy, Teft, who's one of the older crew. And they go and actually, I didn't write any bullet points for this, but Kaladin actually goes up to Gaz. And he's like, Gaz, who's on rock collecting duty? So they actually gather rocks to eat them, kind of like the Gorons. Uh, how many other connections can we make to Ocarina of Time in, in this chapter? But oh, Sofrena is a Korok. Sofrena is a Korok? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll give you that. And Tori, you said something and I talked over you. I'm sorry. What was it? Oh, he said, how many more connections can we make? And I, I said, at least one more. And, and then you proved me right. <laughs> so, yeah, so they they have to collect rocks so that they can be uh, fabrial into food. They can't use big rocks. They have to use little rocks for on, the reason only the Stormcasters know. Got one. And it's much matter. The, the Master Sword is a lightsaber in A Link to the Past, at least. Which means that it's a shard blade. So can shard blade shoot out sword beam? That's my question. I'm going to go with yes if you have full health, but no one ever does. Especially <laughs> not on the bridge crew. Well, they don't even have any masters. Although they might have taken, they might actually have low max HP. Anyway, uh, more. And so anyway, Gaz, he's like, Gaz, let's trade duties with the rock collecting people. And Gaz is like, your people are going to hate you. Make sure they know it's your idea. Because they had, they had like a, they had a light duty day, which, so it were they, I think they didn't have any bridge runs and they were supposed to scrub pots or something. Now, uh, Kaladin is trading duties because he wants to get out of the war, war camp and collect some medicinal plant. And that's the end of chapter 21.
Uh, so I also, understand. Oh yeah, there, I was also. I'm sorry. I wanted to also make sure I hit on the fact that Gaz's uh, Gaz's superior found out that Kaladin saved wounded bridge crew, and Kaladin is forbidden to bring them extra food, and they are forbidden to be paid spheres because uh, Sadius Sat Sadie Sadie Dump Sadie Dumpleton wants to make an example of saving wounded bridge crew. And he's like, ah, see, this is what happens if we don't leave you on the battlefield to die, that we're being merciful and leaving you to die. And then, there you go. Forgot to mention that. Okay. I understand if you don't want to do this, but if you could just keep saying Rock's real name every time he comes up as a character, I would appreciate that. Who? Uh, Numu, 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 Makiaki, Lunamore. I could Nailed try it. to say that. <laughs> Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamo? No, that can't be right. <laughs> I'm going to have to write it on my hand. Like I, I, I have to read it every time that I say it. I guess I, I mean, could, he's already I, saying Silfrena all the time. He doesn't have to say Rocks. It's because Silfrena is a beautiful name and and just that shall not be shortened I by my tongue. I think he says, Rock says he'll go by Luna more as well. So, Luna more. I mean, okay. But anyway, Dave choosing not to call Sil Sil is his own choice. This is me asking him to <laughs> to give Rock's real name. <laughs> All right, I'll 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 study. Okay. Again, if you don't want to, it is not a big deal, and I can I totally understand. But I think it'd be cool. <laughs> all right, is that all for chapter twenty one then? I think so. Yeah, I think so. All right, bye. Chapter twenty two: Eyes, hands, or spheres? Flying chickens. Sphere joke. Lady Navani. This is probably Mike's favorite line. This guy had a sheath for a dining knife? Where's his spoon? Nuclear launch detected. Official refutation. If Adeline loves dueling so much, he should join the Musketeers. Visions, codes, and book. Lady Navani. Is this whole book based on a logical paradox? Bright Lord Trollolo Sadius, High Prince of Information. And that's the end of this week's chapter. Gotta go. All right. All right. Well, bef before you get there, I kind of want to jump ahead. What did you think my favorite line was? Um. So remember when Lady Navani goes up to Wit and she says, oh, I'm surprised you haven't been assassinated yet. And do you remember Wit's response to that? Oh, yeah. I do. I, I, I do remember that line. And it's it's a good one. It's not my favorite, but it's a good one. But it's probably your favorite. That's what I said in my note. Well, then probable deduction complete all right tell me more about chapter 22 all right so apparently they eat they have flying chickens i guess they're cuckoos dang it <laughs> um all right so they're eating chicken which is like a foreign delicacy in in this world but also uh dalinar says that they're flying birds but he, he's probably only seen him cooked so i don't know and Wit is there, and he's just like, as people are entering... Oh, by the way, the King uh, King Elifar is like throwing a big dinner or something, I don't know. Elhokar. So, Elhokar is... Uh, how come I can say Numuhuku Makiaki Ayaluna more, but I can't say anyone else's name right in this book? I'm really not sure, but I think it's Craig's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take so, that. Anyway, Wit is there, and he's doing a great job making fun of everybody as they walk in. Except he doesn't really, he doesn't make fun of Dalinar. He kind of singles him out, and he's like, I Prince Dalinar. Uh, so take that for what it is. I don't know. But he does warn Dalinar that people have gotten wind of the fact that he went to the king asking to break off the Vengeance Pact, and now he's being called a coward. So he's talking to Adeline about this, and... Adeline is like, oh, you need a duel to stick up for your honor. And uh, Dalinar is like, oh, I've already, I've already got a new plan. So rather than going back home, we're going to make a decisive strike or lure the Parshendi into a trap. So just have one big massacre of them. Uh, we'll decimate them ten times. Like, um, <laughs> that still won't work. <laughs> well, if, it's, if you're reducing by 10% at each step, but if you're doing 10 times the initial 10%, then it's not the right word still. Anyway, they will annihilate the Parshendi army. So they that can is the war. correct word. They can get this war heckin' over with so they can go back home and work on the unity of the kingdoms, princedoms, 
And yeah, he just kind of wants to just nuke him and go home, basically. And he's, he says, he's, I'm going to release this official refutation of uh, my wanting to go against the Vengeance Pact. And yeah, Adeline's just, Adeline's life is dueling, which is, I recently read The Three Musketeers, and it just kind of reminded me of basically every character in that book. All right. So anyway, Adeline's like, oh, you've changed. I, I don't know if it was. These visions that you've been having, the codes of honor that you've adopted, and the book, uh, Way of Kings, the book within the book, uh, they've all changed you, or they're all working together. And I actually, I, I kind of want to draw a parallel between visions, codes, and book with the title of the chapter, Eyes, Hands, and Spheres. And I'm almost there. Uh, visions, obviously, eyes. Codes are how you act, so that's corollary to hands. And then book versus spheres, I didn't really get there. Uh, maybe because the book has like a sphere of influence. Yeah, that's it. Or because like the book, like reading books can change who you are on the inside. And maybe they mean spheres in the humorous sense that wit put them earlier in the chapter. Uh, but yeah, I think that there's an intended connection between Visions Code's book, Eyes, Hands, Spheres, but I'm not completely sure. Maybe because spheres hold stormlight. What do you guys think? I think I was busy looking for a gift to post. <laughs> All right, so Lady Navani shows up. This is the widow of the former king and mother of King Elothkar. Elhokar. Elhokar. I think I just haven't written it down enough. But anyway, she's a mom. She's King's mom, and. Uh, apparently, there was a little bit of a love triangle between Dalinar, Lady Navani, and Gavilar. Gavilar. Galavar. Gavilar. Galilar. Man, I, there's just he doesn't he doesn't show up in enough chapters. Like he's been MIA for really long, six years, I think. Gosh, I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> Hope he's okay. So anyway, there was apparently like a love triangle between the three of them, between the two brothers and Navani, and. Devani kind of is a little flirtatious. Uh, her husband's been deceased for six years, and Dalinar's been, uh, his wife has been out of his memory for 10 years, so whatever. Um, it's socially looked down upon. I don't know if there's any, like, substance to this, but there, he does, like, kind of have feelings for her, and she's at least, like, acknowledging it and playing around it, I guess. But, anyways. Uh, so Lady Navani was supposed to be back in the kingdom, and she's like, I want to be up here in the Shattered Plains where all the action is. Oh, by the way, uh, the Parshendi have developed these new half shards, and they they make these shields that are able not to... Not the Parshendi. Not the Parshendi. Okay. Other Wait, people it, have. I think Yaakoved. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the implication was that the Parshendi would have access to these tools. So No, just that technology is advancing uh, like, as we're as we're reading the book okay but so in my mind i was thinking and even actually from toward the beginning of the book when we're told about shard plates and shard blades it almost it sounds like uh sanderson's playing on the classical uh paradox of immovable force first i messed it up already unstoppable force versus immovable objects like that whole paradox if you want to look into it but it really makes sense that's I why. would, but I can't go anywhere because of Zeno's paradox. <laughs> you can right. go halfway there. But I don't ever arrive. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we get to learn Sadius's first name. He's Bright Lord Trollolo Sadius, and he has just been named by the king High Prince of Information. Of course, it was Sadius's idea, and Sadius is trying to cast doubt on High Prince Dalinar. And that's the end. Oh, and the king's oblivious to it. And that's the end of chapter 22. And the book for now. Okay. This brings up something that I actually have a legitimate beef with. Uh, in these books, all the high princes are referred to exclusively by their last name, except the Colins. The Colins all go by their first name. Gavilar, Elokar, Dalinar, Adolin, Renarin. Renarin? Yeah. But, like, the other high princes are exclusively last name. Like, we've seen Sadius for what, five chapters or something like that now? And we're just now learning his first name. It's, why isn't Dalinar just Colin 
why it's probably because of the king yeah because okay then why isn't elokar just colin because he likes to go gavilar no, went by his the people the people king. that are closer to the royal line and share a surname with them are have the honor of being called by their first name yeah well like we have queen elizabeth and yeah, all of the other royals go by their last names. We don't go by their house names. Not all of them. So, but, yeah. Mike, if you want some beef, go to Wendy. I can't. I'm <laughs> I'm socially isolating myself because of the hey, plague. Hey, I have a question for Dave. Well, okay, okay cancel that is not a question. <laughs> but can you uh, phrase it? I, know, as I do a have question? a question. What do you what did you think of the epigraphs this? So, the, these epigraphs that we got in this section uh, of the podcast, this is where we actually learn about what happened at Cell, which is the Elantris world. Yeah, these, the, this set of epigraphs is like some of the best Cosmere information we get, like, ever. So when we told you that the shards on that planet were dead, Dominion and Devotion, it was technically a spoiler for this book, but we probably forgot it was revealed in this book. And here we are. You've ruined my experience. No, uh, the, the shard holders over Gadriel. The shard holders for those shards, by the way, Aona and Sky, which gets revealed here. Or is that Skyi? <laughs> it's probably Skyi. Now that you bring it up, it it probably is. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah the um races trip to Cell did not cause the the canyon that caused the Riode separate incident. Yeah, that was that was a legit earthquake that doesn't have anything to do with the splintering. The splintering. It may not have been a legit earthquake, but it wasn't it it yeah. Separate incident from uh from race making a visit. But uh yeah, that's what we're gonna say. It's separate. Uh the splintering happened much, much earlier before the that uh ch- the chasm. Were you gonna say chasm? I hope not. Would you like me to say chasm? W- would that make you feel no. better? Mm-mm. It has to be Craig. But did do you have any questions from the epigraphs now that we've gotten some cosmic? Yeah, who's that dude? Race? Which dude? Yeah, there, are, there are many dudes potentially you could be referring to. Race that, seems that to be the focal point. So I guess who's race? Yeah. We can't tell you that yet. Alright. We can tell you many other things if you would like to know them, but that one needs to that one needs to stay to us for now. Yeah, that's I, guess that, I guess that's it. I can tell you who who this letter is um, addressed to. Sure. Uh, that is someone named Frost, who is a dragon. Frost and also dragon. holds a shard, I believe, right? Probably. I'm not 100% clear on that. If, uh, if Gaz were here, he'd probably know, but I don't. No, I'll look it up. I got this. Like, there's a heavy implication that he probably does, but I'm not, I'm not 100% certain. Hmm. Anything Just else? Just that he... Just the only thing we know about Frost is that he's the oldest known character in the Cosmere. Also, he's a dragon. We know that. And he's a dragon, yes. And he's from the world of Yolen, uh, which is where the Dragon Steel novels are intended to be set, uh, which are sort of the, the prequels to all of this. In fact, I don't think Frost is a shard holder because he specifically mentions the shard holders as the 16. So it's implied that he's not a part of the it depends 16. if he means that in as in first does he use it in first person or third person in uh, I'd have to look up where the reference. Alright, anything else? Uh we're not gonna tell you who wrote the letter yet, but that information Say is coming relatively soon. Yeah. Fine. Do you have any guesses? Say Zed. Incorrect. No. Aw. Presumably, you could use this method to just ask every character name, and then <laughs> and then the one I don't answer is the right one. <laughs> Kaladin. Correct. You got it. Nailed it. Right on. All right. I th- I think oh, wait. No. Wait. Sorry. It. Kaladin oh, is illiterate. I'm sorry. That's true. Hey, Kaladin knows glyphs. He can read and write glyphs. But glyphs aren't a language. But maybe they aren't. Wait, no. Rayodin reads glyphs. No, Rayodin reads, uh, what are they called? Runes. Aeons. Aeons. There we go. That's kind of glyph. So it's an uh, artisan script, technically. All right. Uh, do we have spoiler stuff, or 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 should Dave get to stick around to the end of the episode this time? Um, we can... I don't think there's anything I need to talk about. We can wait until next episode. I don't have any spoilers. All right. Yay, Dave, you get to listen all the way to the end of this one. Hooray. Oh, I like the outro song. Traveling con- made up <laughs> continents by Gillicuddy. 
Yep. On the freemusicarchive.org.com. Dot uk dot co dot biz. I wonder if that's a real website. I hope not. <laughs> it will All be right. when this episode comes out. I'm going to go ahead and shut us down. So All bye, right. everybody. Bye. All right, Dave, I think that needs to be your sign off from now on. Oh, God. Look what look what you're making him do. All right. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.